Oh, hi everyone and welcome to Rob Evans 365 and today I wanted to talk about as I'm driving to the airport something that I was just listening to uh, this morning uh, which came across the TV actually which is look whether you you like Donald Trump or or hate him you'll have your own perspective on that uh, but this sounded like a, a very good initiative and it was to do with uh, banning or looking at banning flavored vaping in the products in the US and mainly because of the fact that it is having a a big impact on children and he he's wanting to uh, you know ban the products and it just got me thinking about vaping and smoking and um, the different implications as to um, what is the impact on the health of us, the people around us, etc., etc.? So, um, obviously, vaping was introduced as a, a measure of um, helping people to quit smoking. But what it's also doing is having uh, an uptake in people who have maybe tinkered on the edge of, of smoking and um, potentially being attractive to kids too, who perhaps like the idea of smoking because they think it's cool or whatever uh, versus um, a cigarette because they think it's been advertised or marketed as being healthier. Now I've seen some studies performed where uh, they, they say that it does have a positive impact in helping people to stop smoke but uh, they also did a, a study to see what the impacts were of somebody that wasn't smoking and then took up vaping and it found that it was having detrimental impacts on those people's health. So what Donald Trump was talking about uh, today was about only allowing the vaping but only for tobacco flavoured, um, I don't know, vape if that's what you call it and not the fruity ones uh, because they've got all kinds of different sort. I mean, they were talking, I don't know what's available here, I'm not close enough to it, but um, they were talking about lemonade flavours, like cherry flavours, and you know, all these things that can obviously appeal to younger people. So he, he wanted more research done on the area, and what uh, the, um, some of the discussion coming out was that people put products out there and then it's kind of like, let's just wait and see, without knowing the like the health implications of the products and just putting them out there and saying, well, let's just wait and see. Like when, you've probably heard me talk about this before, but um, cigarettes, when they were first introduced, doctors said you should go and smoke cigarettes because it's going to help to improve your health. So if you've got medical professionals saying, oh, wow, this is a good thing and it's going to help improve my health because of, I don't know exactly what they were saying, but maybe it was in the realms of it's going to help help improve your lung capacity because you're taking deep uh, breaths inwards. It's going to help de-stress you because you're calming through breathing and that kind of stuff. Uh, but it wasn't until probably 20, 30 years later that we discovered that actually this causes cancer and it causes a whole bunch of issues. And they were talking about how what we're doing now is we're experimenting on our current generation to say, well, here's a new product, go out and try it, uh, but we're not really going to know what the implications are for 20 years. 
Uh, and really, if you stand back and, and think about it, in this day and age, that's really not good enough. And I guess vaping hasn't been around that long and people are starting to recognise that... <coughs> oh, excuse me. There's a live sneeze on the podcast. And people are starting to recognise that, hang on a second, there are some potential risks here. And I think the number I heard this morning was that there are something like 5 million people vaping in the... Um, oh, doesn't sound right, does it? I was going to say 5 million people vaping uh, in... America at the moment. I know they've got a population of 380 million, so that sounds a bit low, but I don't know. Uh, maybe I've got that uh, that number mixed up there somewhere. Uh, but they were, or maybe it's 5 million children are exposed to it or something. I don't know. Um, maybe it's 5 million. No, I don't know. I'm not even going to guess. I'm just making stuff up now. Um, but I remember hearing at the time thinking, oh, wow, that's a, that's a compelling number and it's growing. I think they'd said it maybe had grown from two to five over a short period of time as well. Um, so it's a concern that we do introduce these products without the appropriate checks and balances in place. And I think it's probably come about from... Uh, the companies that are, are trying to make money out of the, uh, you know, well, let's get people to stop smoking harmful cigarettes. Let's still put the good stuff in there for them that's addictive, but let's make some fruity flavours as well. And then that's having people trying to support them, but at the same time still having them being addicted to it. And then perhaps they've got some products to then wean, wean them off that over to just these fruity products so that they're still making... Um, they're still making money from it but I mean I've seen people out in public uh, smoking this stuff and I'm just completely blown away as to how much smoke or it, people call it vapor but it's really smoke still that's coming out of their bodies I mean they breathe this stuff in and then you see them breathe out this massive amount of uh, stuff chemicals and so forth out of their mouth which is way more than a cigarette like a big plumes of white puffy smoke and I'm like holy crap uh, I know that they talk about this stuff being fruit based and all that kind of thing but there's got to be other things in there as well and is breathing all of that into your body good I mean let's say you took an apple you dried it out and crushed it up and then you you lit it on fire and and smoked it in like breathed all that that stuff in and then breathed it out again I don't even know whether that process is going to be good for you because of the way that it's coming into your system and the way it's being ingested. Um, I'm not a, a scientist to, uh, to work that out, but I guess that's what they're talking about in terms of having more research and science about these products so that we're not just willy-nilly consuming these things thinking, oh, well, this is much better, but it's maybe it's having a, an additional impact or... A, it's, it's taking away from one thing, but it's putting another toxin in. Uh, so I don't know how I completely feel about it, apart from maybe it is too early to be uh, having these products out there. I don't know. I mean, I guess the, the things like the sprays and the gum and the patches, they 
uh, tend to have this process of starting with a certain amount of nicotine coming into your body and then just you come down a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more um, to get it out of your system. Uh, but it's still in your system uh, and then you, it, it more enables you to help stop smoking. And I think products like that are obviously beneficial to help people stop smoking. And I guess at the end of the day, if there are products out there that are helping people stop smoking that are less harmful, then you'd have to be supportive of that because it's got to give them a better health outcome. Uh, but maybe vaping becomes addictive as well. Maybe it causes other issues. I don't, I don't know enough about it. But it certainly waves the red flag to say, hmm, maybe there does need to be more work uh, done on this. And uh, I don't know the hoops that people have to to jump through if they're creating um, like a smoking types product like that. Uh, but obviously, it's it's on the market and it's becoming more and more popular. So you can see other people jumping on the bandwagon, creating their own substances that are then you know put out there. But then you could also ask what sort of accreditation quality control do these things have to go through I don't even know for cigarettes to be honest I mean they're allowed to sell things that kill us Um, do they have to have pharmaceutical grade manufacturing techniques so that we know that or practices so that we know what's on the packet is in the product same for the, the vaping stuff Otherwise, how do we know that it doesn't have all these other harmful things that are perhaps on there um, that are maybe addictive and etc. etc. Sugars and all that uh, that are having other impacts on our brain and, and that kind of stuff. It, it just makes you ask the question, doesn't it? Hmm, is this a good product? Has it gone through the right processes? And then what else is out there that's perhaps doing the same thing this is why I believe in the years to come and the World Health Organization has already taken steps to say that products should be having the number of teaspoons of sugar put on the nutrition label not just the grams of sugar Um, look I think any steps that they make to improve readability and understandability of nutrition labels is going to be helpful for people Uh, but I think the reality is that it's not going to make a difference to some people I mean especially when you look at the way that cigarette packaging has gone in our country with all these horrific pictures and in big bold letters saying that smoking kills and that kind of stuff but people are still smoking a heap of them and buying a heap of them uh, so it doesn't have an impact on them Uh, but maybe it has an impact on a a bunch of people that that stops the behaviour And maybe that would be the same with uh, the labelling of the the teaspoons of sugar on product labels. But uh, eventually one day, I believe, with the the way that we're going, that uh, a certain, like higher than a certain amount of sugar or additives or ingredients into products will be declared illegal. Um, It'll be ruled by legislation to say that you cannot have more than, say, 10% sugar in a product. Um... Uh, because of how uh, the worldwide obesity overweight issues are going to 
uh, continue to manifest themselves unless we do something really drastically we'll change something drastically so that we don't have the continued impact that we're having I think the other thing that will maybe come out in years to come is the impact that sugar is having on our brain. I mean, we talk about it in terms of the, um, the fat that we can see on our body but and the impact that it's having on uh, cancer's heart, stroke, heart disease, that kind of thing. But it also has an impact on our brain and it's kind of like it's cancer on the brain. It's, it's eating away at our brain. And um, I, I found out some more information about this when I was doing some, some of my own bits of research about Alzheimer's as dad was going through it to understand what's going on in the brain and uh, am I going to have the same issues that dad has had and how do we address those? Uh, now, is it possible, is it genetic that I'm just going to follow the same path as Dad, but maybe at a younger age than he was? I was just curious, and I found some evidence to show that uh, the sugar that we're eating does actually eat away at the brain and can increase your risk of having Alzheimer's. So the last thing that I want to do is to be adding lots of extra sugar into my diet because... If I'm already in a higher risk of having Alzheimer's because dad has and my grandfather on my other side of my family did as well. And who knows? I mean, mum passed away at 66. Um, Perhaps she would have gone down that path as well. I mean, she kept her mind very active, more so than dad, I would say. Uh, But maybe that was going to be her fate as well. Uh, So maybe I am in a, a high risk of getting it. So I want to make sure that I'm really maximizing optimizing my health but that's another thing where I think we'll see in years to come where they start to talk about that and say well actually here's another reason why we now need need to declare the amount of sugar in these products as as being illegal so that we can help control the population I mean just look at what I don't know the year that came you know I should google it but uh, the year that they started adding fluoride to our water. Now, why did they do that? Well, somebody made the decision that we needed to add fluoride to our water to help our teeth health uh, because we're finding that people were getting too many cavities, and etc. So we said, well, okay, let's add um, healthy levels of fluoride. Oh, pardon me. Let's add healthy levels of fluoride to the water so that uh, we don't have those issues and to help improve people's um, dental health. Um, so that's what they did. Uh, who knows, maybe they'll do something to our water down the track to say, okay, maybe it's a, well, well here's something. Uh, maybe they go down the path where they say, okay, we've found this product, the equivalent of fluoride, if you like, for, for, for weight loss, but they just start putting in the water because they've identified that more and more people are becoming overweight and obese. It's becoming an epidemic. We need to put something in our water system to help this. Uh, I know it sounds weird, sounds wrong, but perhaps that's where we'll be driven to. Somebody will step in to say, you 
are being irresponsible in taking care of your health and we cannot trust you any longer to take care of yourself. So this is where we're stepping in to at least make sure that you're uh, you know, boosting your metabolism and you're not becoming as fat and overweight and putting a trillion dollar strain on our health and hospital system because you're not taking care of yourself. We're going to start adding things to the water to make sure that your health is better looked after because you clearly can't do it yourself. That's essentially what fluoride to the water is doing. Say, we don't trust you that you're going to be able to be cleaning your teeth properly or, or doing all the right things to make sure that you're looking after yourself properly. It would be interesting to see what were the statistics in leading up to that decision and uh, what that process uh, was. Um, maybe I should uh, um, undertake that as a little research assignment. But it just gets you thinking, doesn't it? The big one that uh, I, I just know that it's going to come out at some point is about the mobile phones. And um, I think what we're hitting around that 30 30 year mark now um, I'm thinking around the, the mid 1980s that uh, phones were introduced but maybe it's another 10 years after that that they were more widely used now just about every single person on the planet uh, has a phone and when it comes to the kids you would say that uh, probably 99% of children have access to uh, a phone or technology where they're being exposed to external radiation. And what I'm talking about there is uh, the, the mobile phone towers, the radio transmitters, etc. all of that that are sending microwaves um, to the device. And some kids play on them a lot. Or they're, uh, they're on, but they're um, powered, well, sorry, they're not powered down. They're, they're switched off but um, you know, it can be turned on with the, the flick of a button, a press of a button, um, and they are uh, still receiving signals. Um, so for instance, uh, like Siri for instance, uh, is the phone is, is switched off, but I'm using the wrong terminology here, not switched off, but black screen, but it's on. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not completely powered down. And I say, like, hey, Siri, and it wakes up and, and starts uh, talking to me. I can get it to look up, um, you know, stuff on the internet and stuff. So it's obviously it's always on. So I make sure that, like, my iPad, which generally stays beside the bed, I, I switch that off each night. Like, I physically power it down each night if I've used it, and then I'll, I'll power it down. I sleep with the phone at least a metre, a couple of metres away from me. It's in another room, in fact, uh, when I'm sleeping so that it's not right next to uh, my, my bed or my head. Uh, so um, I'm sure that maybe it's 40 years' time, maybe it's 50 years' time that we start to see that people are getting these illnesses caused by the technology that's around us, all the... You know the, oh, the the rays, the microwaves, the radiation that is coming from all the the wiring that is surrounding in our homes and buildings and everything, the Wi-Fi systems, the everything that we just can't see. But it's it's got to be doing something to us, you would think. But 
people love the convenience of the products and everything and they they don't worry about the the other implications but because we're like our children are, are being exposed to stuff that we weren't exposed to because when I was a kid the internet didn't exist um, the technology that's existing now all the um, the signals that are being sent through the sky and stuff now just didn't exist so we're living in a different time and uh, if you live in a densely populated area and you're surrounded by all this technology does that have an impact on your long-term health? We will see. We will see. It's got to have an impact somewhere. Now, is that going to stop me from using it? Well, I guess it depends on what the impact is. Obviously, I'm using it now, and it's not having an impact that's showing up in my body right now. Um, perhaps it's having some other consequences. We're only going to know in years to come. And it's, a, it's certainly a valuable part of what I do each day. I don't carry it on my body. Uh, it's normally down or in a, if I'm out, it's in my pocket or whatever, uh, but it's on my desk or it's away from me at night time. Uh, but it is a crucial tool for me. I just take precautions to make sure that it's, uh, you know, it's not on me 24 uh, seven. So it's, it's, it will be interesting. I mean, that's, that's just a couple of examples right there. Um, I suppose another one that people uh, think about and choose to say no to it are things like immunizations and uh, like the flu vaccine and, and continuing to have that. Does that have some long-term consequences in 10, 20, 30 years' time? Um, we're told that it does all these great things, but are there other things that we don't know? Uh, now, I, I continue to have the flu shot, so perhaps I'm being a little bit naive in these regards. I'm, I'm really being guided by the expertise of my GP, who's a surgeon and, um, you know, a brilliant man, and he has my best interests at heart, so I'm really guiding it based on the work that he does and his recommendation, as to po- opposed to me going out and doing my own. Um, now, that's either right or wrong, depending on who you are. Uh, but that's the approach that I, I tend to take and just try and make sure that, well, given all of that that I just said, detoxifying yourself on a regular basis whilst feeding yourself the, the appropriate nutrients is such an important part of what we should be doing through living our life because how else do these toxins get out of our body? And the answer to that is they don't and they stay in you and they manifest themselves in whatever way they feel is right. That could be uh, forming a a cancer in your body. It could be headaches. It could be, um, you know, just aches and pains through your body. It could be cholesterol. Who knows? We don't know... 100% what all these things that we breathe in that we can't see that we absorb into our body through different mechanisms we don't know what impact that they're really having on our body Um, so the one thing that we can do though is make sure that we do detoxify ourselves so that we do the best job that we can to fill ourselves with the appropriate nutrients and um, filter out all the rubbish and I think the most recent example I can provide you where I found some amazing uh, amazing impacts for me was my surgery and um, getting the impacts of those medications 
out of my body um, after about four or five days just felt amazing. And it was only through doing a detoxification and cleansing uh, that I was able to actually do that. Um, But it made me feel so good. Uh, So it's really, really important. Um, Think about the food that you're eating. And if you're living on a... As Dr. Joshua Plant was saying the other night, that 60% of people's diet comprised of processed food... I mean, that's, that's disgraceful. And if you have a diet that's that high in processed food, you just know that you are so nutrient deficient. You feel lousy, tired, lethargic, getting ill quite often. And you have to think that the, the rubbish that is put in these products, the extra sodium, the extra additives, the extra oil uh, and so forth, that has to get trapped in your body somewhere. It just has to. Uh, Because if you've got that kind of eating regime, you're certainly not doing a detoxification and cleanse. So this stuff is not going to be all eliminated from your body through urine and feces and so forth. Some of it's going to remain behind and trapped in your cells. And surely it makes sense that over time your body is going to do something with that rubbish and maybe convert it into something else. And that's not good. Not good at all. But the short answer is that we don't really know. But why take a risk and say, well, I might be one of the lucky ones that can eat whatever I want and be still nice and healthy. I guarantee you, you won't be healthy. Um, you're not going to be you know, living your life on, on the best terms with the most energy that you can. So, yeah, just some very interesting food for thought. No pun intended there, but really really interesting so that's it for me today I'm on my way to the airport as I said and um, I am looking forward to my trip and uh, I tried to check in uh, online and it wouldn't allow me to and I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or not maybe I wasn't early enough I'm about from three hours right now away from my flight so I've got plenty of time. But you just never know with the trip to the airport from where I go across three freeways as to what potential travel uh, hiccups are going to happen. I mean, there could be an accident in front of me right now and that's going to delay me um, by an hour or so or it depends how serious it is. It could just stop me on my track. So I just rather take more time. got plenty of work with me to go on with so that I can, um, you know, take advantage of this time away from the business and to work on the business that's the that's the key point all right i'm out for today i will see you tomorrow